Welcome to the Menopause Unplugged podcast with me, your host, Nikki Oliveira. On this podcast, we will hear from women who are navigating the challenging and transformative journey of perimenopause and menopause. These women have graciously agreed to share their stories and insights, offering a raw and honest glimpse into what it's like to go through this major life transition. From hot flushes to rediscovering themselves, our guests will provide a wealth of knowledge and inspiration for anyone who's going through or will go through menopause. So grab a cup of tea, settle in and join us for a fascinating and enlightening discussion. Hello and welcome to the Menopause Unplugged podcast with me, your host, Nikki Oliveira. Today in the studio, we have the lovely Sharon. How are you doing, Sharon? Okay? Yeah, good, thank you. Great. I'm so pleased to have you on the podcast. Um, So Sharon is currently going through menopause at the moment, so perimenopausal. So Sharon, tell us a little bit more about how you first noticed your your sort of menopausal symptoms. Okay, thank you. Um, this is exciting and thank you for the opportunity but to do this. Um, so for me, this has been a journey of curiosity and discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, I really had no, rec- I didn't know anything about menopause about a year and a half ago, nothing at all. It was never spoken about in my circles. Um, I didn't, my mum never shared anything about her experience. Um, so I felt like you know, it was this, it was January 2022, I just felt like I unravelled, um, and up until that point, I was just an autopilot, I think, I was just, you know, we were in lockdown, COVID, there was lots going on, and I really just thought my body was just exhausted, I was stressed out, and um, it actually thought I maybe had a bit of seasonal affective disorder, because I'd started to notice a pattern that my mood was really dropping in the winter months, and then I'd come back out again. Um, so it was yeah January twenty twenty two. Um, a situation happened, and I got really irrational. <laughs> I was like, right, that's it. I'm leaving. I've had enough. Um, and it was thanks to a friend of a friend actually that um said the words, "Do you think you're perimenopausal?" And I thought, no. I said, "That's something that like fifties. I'm forty eight just now." So I was like, "That's something that happens in your fifties." And no, I've still got my period. And um, she was like, oh, no, no, you can still be perimenopausal and let's see if we can do it. Do you want to do this? I think it was a symptom tracker or something or questionnaire. Yeah, yeah. And so we did that and I had about 15 of the 23 symptoms. <laughs> oh. So that was a real realisation for me, thinking, wow, okay, I don't know anything about this, but yeah. I can relate to all of this. Mm-hmm. So that was it. It was this journey then of discovery. And yep. just being trying to be curious about it all as well. Mm-hmm. So, what were the main sort of symptoms then, Sharon, that really kind of stood out for you? That oh my god, yeah, I've been experiencing that, and it's not just life, you know, it's not just the stresses of life. Yeah, it was. It was to be honest, it was a lot of emotional and psychological, which I think a lot of women don't attribute to menopause. They think of you know like hot flushes and maybe joint pain, sweats, um, you know, sleep disturbances, which I do have is the sleep disturbances. For me, it's brain fog, it's um, anxiety, being totally irrational, <laughs> low moods, um, 
and just feeling at times like brain fog, just having a total moment of what am I doing in this room? Where am I going? Why have I, why am I here? Um, and it's things like when I go out driving in the evening as well. Like, yeah. it's like I, I never used to bother about stuff like that, but now I'm like really hypervigilant <laughs> and quite stressed about it. Yeah. Is it your, your spatial awareness as well, do you think, when driving? Because I feel like that that often plays a part in it. Like, you're not, not just your nighttime vision, but your, your kind of spatial awareness, like things like when you're parking and stuff. Definitely, yeah, spatial awareness. And I was going to say there's also a bit of noise sensitivity. Ah. That's the one that I've um, sort of noticed as well, like noises that I wouldn't usually batter an eyelid at and now mm. like if I went into a shop the other day and there was this little child just having an outburst and yeah. normally I'd be very empathetic to the parent and be like gosh hope you get that sorted but I was like for fuck's sake <laughs> gonna shut up that and then I was like whoa calm down <laughs> you know it's it's just comes over me I just like get totally carried away um in that moment sometimes and then it's like right breathe Come back to yourself. Yeah. Um, that's that's been my main symptoms. Like I said, is that psychological, emotional, um, more than I've had some joint pain, mm-hmm. um, which was a bit debilitating as well because it made me not want to exercise. I didn't want to move. Um, I went down the physio route, so I went and got some um exercises to do, and just nothing seemed to help. You know, I did that for about three, four months, I think. And it was still there, and they didn't know what to do with me. Yeah, they were just like, "No, you're fine. <laughs> you need to just keep doing the exercises, I suppose." Um, so yeah, that was that was my 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 I mean, symptoms. Yeah. Did you did you say to them at that point that oh, I'm perimenopausal, or did just was that just not brought up into the conversation? Because that's quite interesting. That's a good question, Nikki. Let me think. <laughs> My memory is like, uh, did I mention that? I don't know, but I have mentioned it recently to my dentist. Oh, your dentist, right. Yeah, because I've also got two wobbly teeth. Mm. And I had no idea that there was estrogen receptors in your mouth. Yes. Um, And so I was like, why have I got this? And they were like, they're not sure. You've not, you've got like, you're receding gums. Um, and... When I mentioned to them that I was perimenopausal, and they were like, "Yep, okay, that could definitely," and I was like, "Oh, good." So you're actually, they were, um, yeah, they seem to be more knowledgeable about it. And I can't remember from the physio, if I'm honest, if I had mentioned it or not, or if it was around the time where I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, Nikki. Sorry. <laughs> well, that's just it. Was just a curiosity. Yeah. To be fair, so. Throughout all of that, there must have been quite challenging times then, Sharon, that you've had you gone, right, how am I going to overcome this? Was there anything in particular that stands out? A few things, yeah. I think the main thing for me was loneliness. Yeah. I actually felt really, really lonely. I mean, I'm 48. I've got a circle of close friends. They hadn't, they're younger than me or weren't experiencing the symptoms. Um and it was it was so confusing I, I just I went on to Dr Google and was reading so much information I was doing some online courses I was feeding myself with all this knowledge and information 
um, but then had nobody to talk it through with yeah. or share that experience with or um, and it got really hard it really did it, it, I was yeah it was really quite challenging to not have um, anyone around to, 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 to chat to um, that's it because even just offloading that from you just for someone else to say yeah I've experienced that too just it means so much doesn't it it does and it's and it's also well the person that unfortunately did get it all was my husband <laughs> and I'm <laughs> in the house with two sons as well so then it became really important to me to share with them that at these periods mum's hormonal she's not crazy she's not mad and I didn't want to feed into the stereotypes there so um my poor husband, yeah, really had to sit and listen to the information. And I was like, what's your thoughts on this? And help me with this. Or do you know, are you, are you noticing this in me? Um, But yeah, I mean, friends would talk to me, but it was, if they hadn't experienced it. um, And then I felt initially as well, a lot of people were like straight on HRT, get HRT, get HRT. And I was like, no. I want to do, you know, it was a various of reasons, variety of reasons, um, and I wanted to try and explore it holistically for myself initially. Yeah. And actually, that's my next challenge was honouring that curiosity within me because um, a lot of people, when I did then reach out and start to speak to others, they were like, get HRT, get HRT. Yeah. And I was like, well, I maybe will, but just not yet. Um. So, sorry. Yeah, just absolutely in your own time. You know, you weren't ready to explore that route, and it isn't the only route. Like, like you just said, you know, there is the holistic route, looking at, you know, your diet, your um movement, your like your general lifestyle, your stress management, all of those things. So, what did you discover then, Sharon, when you went down that route? Did you? Did you make quite a lot of changes? They were quite recent, the changes that I made in terms of my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to my challenges, like mm-hmm. the way I overcame that loneliness was I set up my own peer support group. Yeah. I decided, do you know what? If, if, if nobody's here to do it, I'm just going to put it out there and see if other people come. Uh, totally out of my comfort zone, but that's something that's been a real help for me and others in my local community so um by setting up really gave me that sense of community and you know we could share together what we were going through and learn from each other um and I really want to help women understand that this can be a positive transition I know there's lots of challenges within it and I'm just at the very start you know um being in perimenopause and I know this can last a number of years um, but for me, I think it's so important to treat this stage of life um, with curiosity and, you know, don't be afraid to try and express yourself in other ways. Like, you know, up to this point, I was very much a people pleaser. Yeah. And I would do everything and anything for everyone else. And now I'm a wee bit, I think that's attributed to being <laughs> menopausal is, no, do you know what? no it's okay to say no and you know I'm going to focus on what I feel is going to benefit me and my emotions Um, so I actually took up spontaneous dance amazing 
So that was something that really helped me to express my emotions and helped me to, you know, figure out the the irrational mind that I had at the time. <laughs> and that a lot of the times I was just exhausted. Yeah. You know, and it was just like I just lay there. Mm. Other times I would go and I would shout and scream if there was anger, there was frustration building up. I would allow that to come out through movement and through dance. Um and it was all that kundalini yoga. I tried a bit of yoga. I tried a bit of, um, what else have I got? I think now there was a few different other things that I tried, but they've escaped me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so going back to the HRT then. So yeah, that was a wee bit of a bumpy road um, mm-hmm. for me. You know, as I said, I, that was one of my challenges was accepting of that you can have a bit of medical intervention here (laughs) and it is safe enough to do it at your age and your stage and you don't have any other you know major health things happening genetically for your family yeah Um, so that though took me a good year and a half year just over a year before I felt ready to start having those conversations with the GP and I'm lucky in the sense that when I did decide to have it, they were supportive. Um, the lady that I spoke to was kind of on the fence. She felt like there was a bit of, you know, I think you should try antidepressants first um, and then you can try the HRT. Yeah. Uh, but when I explained that, look, I, I want to be able to feel, I want to be able to express, so um, I'd like to try the HRT, please. <laughs> um, she was yeah supportive of it, um. But then she interestingly referred me to the GP's pharmacist. Okay. And she said, right, I want you to speak to her next. Get your blood pressure taken, and um, yeah, it's and and just let her know what preparation you want. Okay. Was, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that then. So when I phoned up to check that, cause I thought pharmacist doing blood pressure. That's a bit unusual. Yeah. Um, and then I was told no. <laughs> that's the nurse that does that you need to go to your nurse so um again really grateful for that nurse she she was very kind and she actually took bloods from me just to rule out you know thyroid um diabetes if they make sure there wasn't anything else underlying the gp didn't offer me that um and those bloods came up that i was low in folate acid yeah um, so I, I started supplementing with that and really felt a difference actually quite quickly with my cognitive thinking process. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and then I got the prescription and I thought, yes, I've got it. And then I went yeah. to the pharmacy to be told, we don't have it. <laughs> oh, yeah, it sure is. That was then, yeah, so that was really stressful. You know, you have to then phone about all the pharmacists, right. check online to see if anyone's got it in stock. And because it was one prescription, I had to get my, I'm on estrogel and eutogestin. Yeah. And the pharmacists had the gel, but they didn't have the eutogestin. Yeah. So they're like, we can't give you the gel without the eutogestin. So I had to go back to the GP and get them to split it so that I could take the prescription to the other place. So yeah, that all was a bit of a bumpy ride, but got it started at about I think I'm about six months in now mm-hmm. and yeah feeling like it's taking the edge off things for me but I have had to also just recently to make a lot more um lifestyle decisions and choices um 
I've found myself a coach and um, she's really helped me to be accountable and I do a group programme now where I'm exercising uh, three mornings at least, 6am workouts. Amazing. It works out for me to get up at that time and you've got a house um, of kids and animals. Um, so yeah, I've always been active but I must admit in the last couple of years when I had the knee joint pains and I was just like, I can't, I've got no inclined to do any movement and it was painful <laughs> so I think especially when I started HRT it definitely reduced that and it allowed me then to start exercising so do a lot of like strength and do stretching um still working up to cardio yeah <laughs> I do the odd cardio class um but a lot of it's you know um upper body lower body strength stretch um and then also I've been doing um what should you call it again the PFC diet so I'm, I'm trying to increase more proteins fats um in the complex carbohydrates okay. and eat meal mm-hmm. uh, to help sh- balance out my sugar blood sugar levels um yeah. because I'll tell you that's another side effect like I've got a sweet tooth now that I never yeah. used to have <laughs> I don't know what that is, but yeah, so that's, yeah, that's been a, a bit of a change for me in the last few months. I've really focused on, you know, what I'm eating and, and trying to see food is the benefits that I'm getting out of that, that food. It's not about counting calories for me. I'm not really interested in calorie counting. Yeah. I, it's seen um, food as fuel, isn't it? Rather, yeah. um, this is This is what's going to help me lose all this extra weight that I've put on absolutely yeah, oh I've got the belly fat as well I never mentioned that I definitely <laughs> uh, but you know that is what it is um and I know that it's temporary and I yeah. know I will get it off eventually um and I've done a lot of work on myself personally like spiritually as well and just around you know body identity and body image and um so it's for me it's it's you know, just being grateful for that. It's actually, I feel like going coming to this stage in life is a privilege. Absolutely, yeah. An absolute privilege. And um, yeah, I think it's it's also an opportunity to maybe stop, reflect, what is serving me and what isn't serving me anymore. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and then I feel like, right, let's what's what where, where do I want to go from here so I've used this stage I mean I've joined a local community choir I'm really? doing painting I'm going to do some painting I've done some creative writing classes um so I'm really looking for broader holistic ways to expand my mind if you like or manage my symptoms um, that aren't just relying fully on the medical model um as it really does I mean I literally was to the the day that I was supposed to start my progesterone was the day I got it okay and I thought you know see if I don't get it I'm not gonna that's fine I'm not meant to have it (laughs) but I got the phone call and they said here it is so um yeah we'll see I'm on the fence still will I continue but I am seeing small benefits and I feel that it is certainly helping me to and balance out my mood and take away the joint pain so yeah. as long as that continues and I can continue to access it without too much stress yeah I'll keep going <laughs> yeah. 
And absolutely, um, the, the long-term effects are on your health is massive. So if you know if you can keep it going, then absolutely, it's the best thing. Um, but no, that's really really interesting because I think self-care in so many ways, like like how you were saying, just discovering who Sharon is and what Sharon wants, you know, um, is just so important for our, like our mental health in general. Because yes. as women, naturally, we're, you know, wives and mothers and everybody else comes first and then we come last. Um, and we put ourselves in that position a lot. Um, and then you go, oh, all of a sudden, you know, re- it's like a rediscovery phase, isn't it? Definitely. And that's why, yeah, like I said, it's about curiosity for mm-hmm. me and... and um. And and then unleashing my creativity. Yeah, I feel like for many years I've 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 been a mother, I've been a carer, I've I've you know given to everyone else, mm-hmm. um, and now I'm coming into my fifties nearly. I'm thinking right, how do I want to spend the next forty years? <laughs> yeah. What am I going to do next? Where am I going? What really lights me up? What brings me pleasure? What brings me joy? Um, is is definitely where I'm heading. I don't want to, you know, age is just a number. Um, and I don't feel sometimes in society it can be quite draining. And if you if you listen too much to social media or um, just generally speaking, I suppose, um, you can get quite low about your age <laughs> and think that you're out to pasture and you're not, um, you know, able to contribute anything. But... I feel like this is my crone years. This is my wise years. Yes. I'm really, I'm really going into that and really, um, exploring that. I do journaling a lot as well, so I journal most days, gratitude stuff like that, and self care is really important to me as well. And you know, sometimes that is just going out for a walk in nature. I love being in nature. Yeah. Um, other times it's self pleasure. Mm-hmm. I do, um, I and enjoy doing stuff like that as well um, and it's just been able to yeah balance that and just be curious right what's next <laughs> what's the next stage of my life going to um, bring where am I going now yeah I'm glad it's so positive Sharon so on the you know sort of wise years um, stage what advice would you give to other women then who are maybe already you know have entered the perimenopause stage or who are um just slightly younger haven't you know haven't experienced it yet any advice you would give them i know for me i think it's about try and keep this in perspective i know it might be you know it's very challenging and boy do i have low days and high days um and for me, I think it's really important to educate yourself. Educate yourself on the menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. Learn about the, the role that the, the hormones play in your body. Get to know your body. Listen to your body. Um, and, yeah, don't be feared to ask for help and support. Um, it is out there. <laughs> Um, you just don't give up hope um, and don't always believe what the medical profession tell you as well. 
<laughs> I feel like, you know, I get told I couldn't take HRT because I had higher blood pressure, which I then know isn't true. Uh, yeah, high blood pressure, you need to be careful and manage, mm. but it wasn't at a risk where it was a contraindication to me taking HRT. Um, so do your own research, trust your own judgment. Yeah. Um, and don't be scared to, 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 to try new things. Wonderful, Sharon. I think that's all such great advice. Um, and yeah, I, I would I would definitely second everything that you've just said. <laughs> great. Wonderful. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on to today's show. And yeah, take care and we'll speak again soon. That's great. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to Menopause Unplugged. I hope you find the conversation to be informative, enlightening and empowering. Remember, menopause is a natural part of a woman's life journey, but it doesn't have to be a lonely one. Whether you're experiencing perimenopause or menopause, my menopause coaching program can provide reassurance and guidance. Please do reach out to me through my contact details on the show description. And until next time, Take care.